Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's... You ready? I'm ready. Bleeder. Hell yeah. Came to me like a dream, the kind that always leaves, just as the best part starts. It ends so abruptly. And we just Before we start, explain why we had to flip a coin, Sam. Well, David Anthony, my co-host, um, over at Patreon.com/slash As You Were, we had a little poll for. What song are we going to talk about for mm-hmm. this week? And the poll was a tie. We did the I Lied My Face Off EP. The I Lied My Face Off Face Off, if you will. And we had a tie between Bleeder and between the titular track. I mean, really, there's not, uh, of the four, not a bad pick. It on was there. a close race. It was one that looked like we had a clear winner, and then things kind of shifted, and we had a tie, so we threw up a tiebreaker poll, sudden death. Once again, a tie. Once again, a tie. So we sat down with each other, and it's like, what should we do? Flip a coin, and we'll talk about whichever one on the spot, and I mean... Let's just get it out there. First of all, welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. My name is Tim Crisp. I'm here with David Anthony. Thank you for joining us. We would invite you to go visit our sponsor, Asian Man Records. You can go to the store. You can go to asianmanrecords.limiterun.com. Buy something from our friend Mike Park. Buy an Alkaline Trio LP. Buy something by Jason Clackley and the Exquisites. Ooh, such a good band. Or you could buy something by a band that we mentioned on our Twitter uh, recently when someone asked about bands that are taken from the Alkaline Trio. We said, Sundials, baby. When I couldn't breathe, that LP is available. You have the collection LP that rips off the artwork from the Alkaline Trio self-titled collection LP. And when you got all that in your cart, type in the code as you were, save 10%. Help Mike, help us, thank you. Here we are. And this is something that we mentioned before, uh, something that we realized a little bit into this show that we kind of have to put it down before we start. When it comes to certain songs, yeah, it's kind of hard to not lose it a little bit. Yes. This is going to be one of those ones. We're going to go off the rails early, and I don't know if we're ever going to come back to it. Um, this is, yeah. Uh, I'm going to show my hand early, but it's a song that is like more than most just been like the one for me, you know, like I think everyone kind of has that with bands they love. I think everyone has it with this band. Um, there's, if you love this band deeply, there's at least one that kind of hits it. Right. Yeah. We went pretty deep in the continental episode, which is one that hits it for me in that way. Bleeder was probably the first one. I think that, and I remember hearing Bleeder from the fir- for the first time, and it was 
to me just a song that went above everything else that I'd heard previously and and, and I'd heard you know a lot previously mm-hmm. we talked a lot about like hearing god damn it for the first time and um you know I saw a friend of the show Jim Guys when the poll was happening and I I told him about what it was and I was like yeah it's looking like it's coming down to I lied my face off and and bleeder and he's like oh man either one of those would be good and I was like I got a good I lied my face off story but I think bleeder is my favorite alkaline trio song I it's just hard to dispute man nobody I don't think anybody that you said you say that to is going to disagree with you their favorite might be something different but nobody's saying like oh really bleeder's your favorite yeah yeah i i mean i would be curious to know because i've seen that there is some like uh discord between like old fans and new fans about quality of certain eras but i would be shocked if anyone looked at the song and was like nah you know like and, and that's not a judgment value in either direction it's just like that's the nature of a band that exists for a long time and when you come to it. But like this song has always felt so undeniably good to me. Yeah. It's the way that I think about it is that there's something that I read about, about the movie Citizen Kane, which if you, you know, look at like what are the best movies ever made? Citizen Kane is kind of always at the top of those lists. If you've ever watched Citizen Kane, it's not a very good, it's not a, it's not a very fun movie to watch. Oh, yeah. I think everybody should see it once, maybe twice. But it's not it's not a sit-down, like, have fun movie. It's not a popcorn movie. But the movie is what it is because it's, like, really the only thing that's ever been made that just kind of hits every single, you know, knock on what a film is supposed to be Citizen Kane does it and does it very precisely. And when totally. I look at this song and I think about what I think the Alkaline Trio does better than anybody else and what they do as a unit, this is the song that to me is just like pound for pound. If you're if you're putting the stats down, every part of it is just an A plus. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think it's it's I like that Citizen Kane comparison because I'm gonna bring this back to last week's song where this is Citizen Kane. Old School Reasons is Step Brothers. I love Step Brothers. I love Step Brothers, too. And, and I saw Step Brothers for the first time like two weeks ago, and I didn't have a problem loving it. So it's great. I don't, I don't it's know, just super just fun. It, but, you know, it's it's kind of the junk food one. And I'll be real. I have not seen them play Bleeder live much, despite the fact I've seen this band 30 times. Uh-huh. And when I do, it, it always brings out that emotional response. Like, it hits me hard. But sometimes I, I would rather just have the fun sing-along. Well, what, uh, yeah, so, yeah. so there's that point of it. But I guess we should get into why why is this, I'm just going to go out and say it, the perfect Alkaline Trio song. Be, right before we get there, what I, what I would like to say is that I've diverted a tiny bit from my normal ritual with this podcast is when we know what we're going to be talking about. Day before, listen to it a couple times, morning of... Listen to it a couple times. Yeah. I didn't listen to Bleeder or I Lied My Face Off until right before you came over. I just thought about those songs and what they yeah. represent to me and then put them on. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not affecting here, 
this both of them really did a good number on my 31 year old self as i was making a cup of coffee yo same i uh similarly like i like to the night before listen with headphones listen a couple times read lyrics uh with this one especially because i didn't know what we were gonna hit i uh put on yeah i lied my face off 12 inch today a side having a great time really Uh, you were having a great time really just having a nice morning Uh and then i flipped it over and was like ugh it is like the darkest side of a record that they have. I know that we've talked oh, a lot about yeah. Good Morning being dark. This shit this is, is a different fuck- kind of dark. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. We've got we've got a an opening riff that it's so simple, and it's also you know Matt's guitar tone. It's removed from that goddamn it tone. Yeah. It's not quite where I feel like maybe I'll catch fires when it's like fully locked in. Sure. This still has a little bit of that like grit to it. Uh-huh. But the high end on this is sounding so fucking good. I was thinking about it as I listened to I Lied My Face Off and we're going to get into a conversation about, you know, really great EPs, I think on patreon.com slash as you were uh, in one of those bonus episodes. But this like recording wise, it just fits everything fits so well to me it's it's interesting because yeah you know they're working again with matt allison who did god damn it and god damn it it sounds so fucking strange and it's not Mm -hmm. dialed in and like this is kind of the one where they're like all right like we got it we we have we have a much better idea of what this is it's almost like <laughs> in terms of sonic qualities god damn it is the demo for i lied my face off i mean that's a totally apt comparison like i think those first handful of releases it's all on a continuum of like figuring out tones figuring out how to record figuring out writing songs figuring out how to play together and you know this being recorded really as a unit of all written together, none of these songs being holdovers from when other people were in the band, mm-hmm. this really being the core three of Matt, Dan, and Glenn, it's just, I don't know, there's there's a power to it. I think it's also nice to see Dan writing songs that are what they are here. These do not feel like Tuesday songs. They do not feel like anything other than him discovering how he writes inside the Alkaline Trio. But Matt is just on a different fucking plane. Yeah. And the way Bleeder comes in, you know, with that that riff and that intro and then that very quiet and his vocals just, you know, starting out with you came to me like a dream, kind that always leaves just as the best part starts and ends so abruptly. <sighs> Fantastic. And that extension yeah. too. Dan coming in on that, he's still got that like, kind of hyperactive uh bass he's doing a lot underneath yes but it's i know that he's criticized himself for it i love it there's so much warmth on that tone too man i think about it all the time like i know he's critical of it and i know a lot of people look back at their younger selves and be like oh i wouldn't have done that i would have made these decisions but like i think what makes this song so unique is matt's part is maybe the most understated part he wrote up to this point Uh uh-huh and Dan is going ham uh-huh. and Glenn for the most part is also being very understated, which he was not really, he didn't really do that. Like he's really pulling himself back. There's cool flourishes. There's cool moments, but honestly, like 
his playing is just so dialed in. And the dynamic range of this song, of going from those quiet parts to these big parts to all that, everyone is just so together on it. It's really, really impressive. It's, and it just does, it, there's such a great effect to the way that like Matt finishes all of these lines in this sort of cliffhanger way where it's like, you know, kind of funny that something gets interrupted by the ring of a telephone mm-hmm. and then bam, we're into, we're into this really like loud, like it's an E minor, but he's got a lot of uh, busyness going on in those those high strings. Yeah. It's he's got that, a little bit of the like uh, the Matt Skiba, you know, chord structure in it, but very slightly. And it's it's also it's like those everything that Matt plays on this song, like instrumentally, those become octaves, mm-hmm. like with the next release. These are like full-on chords. He's not just doing octaves here. He's doing everything that he can to just make something large Yeah, with what he's playing. And I love that it's, you know, that instrumental between the first and the second uh, verse, it's just the chorus without the, the punches. Yes. And then it leads into, like, you know, his, his vocal performance, I think, on the second verse. is He sings this song so well on all ranges but i sort of love the fact that he not only does he change like the tone of the way he sings he's singing very quietly in the first section but you know when you start out with and you broke me like a cigarette busted on the day i quit it's very different from like where he was at first and it's like it's like whoa okay hold on like that's a jump that's a leap but we're following him, and we're following him really, really steady. He's he's writing such good, like little like vignettes in this song, in mm. each verse of like the cigarette line of the opening verse, like all these things that are really small to drive home the ultimate point of the song, which he keeps building to and keeps building to, and he's never laying it down in a way of like this is what I'm singing about. It's not a Mr. Chainsaw in that way. Yeah, it's still pretty impressionistic. Where like having missing a case lacking a lid in the, the chorus uh-huh. is such a fucking weird line, but it's a, it fits in with everything he's doing. And just from the perspective of someone who has been a smoker and someone who would drink after he quit smoking, they quit smoking. Um, th- there's, there are a few things that are, less relate that are more relatable than just that feeling of like having a having a good amount of beer in you and that's all you want in the world mm-hmm. is a cigarette for no reason other than just you want a fucking yeah. cigarette um i like that i like that a lot because it's it's very particular and it's very relatable and it's something that i think you can see in someone who's in a very good spot in their writing that they're noting that and they're thinking like okay this is what i'm going to talk about yeah. in this moment yeah um that's a that's a sense of confidence of just like you know what you're doing is right and you're going with it well, it's a sense of confidence and the sense of self that I think songwriters sometimes take a while to get to. Mm-hmm. You know, this doesn't feel juvenile. It's all stand-ins for a feeling, and it's all about those little things that just feel off that then become big things. And I think that's what always spoke to me is because when I first heard this, I was a young child, and also like I've never smoked a day in my life. That's uh, good. You shouldn't. It's bad. 
correct. Uh, but I just felt it. And it's a song where I feel like that's the main thing. That's what makes it so good is that you see the moves, you understand those are the right decisions, but it brings out that feeling. And his vocal performance is arguably maybe the best he's put on record. It's just so strong. It's it's hitting on every little thing he can do. Yeah. And yeah. Like for this era of the band, I don't think he anything else he does comes close to the vocal performance on this song. Yeah. Uh God. I mean there's just there's so much I can say about it in terms of like what it means to me, but I, I would rather hear from your perspective, what does the song mean to you? Um well so I didn't expect you to put me on the spot like that, but that's okay. Um we can pull it back. We can come back. No, it's all right. Um, so when I was a sophomore in high school, I tried to kill myself and, um, I was, you know, I was going through, I was going through some, uh, some problems with, uh, self abuse and it was, uh, it was something that like my parents knew about and, we kind of had a plan for what we were going to do and I just had a night where I was just like, you know what? I just don't fucking want to be alive. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, uh, my dad, uh, kind of was awake though and came downstairs to like see what I was doing. And then I was just like, I got to tell you something. And so I, we drove me to the hospital and, Thing that happens when you try to kill yourself is that you can't tell a doctor it's okay i i'm doing i'm fine i just like to go home you have to yeah, stay you have to stay and so i was in an inpatient for about a week and it was scary and it was kind of what I needed at that time, I think, to kind of, you know, I think that when you are young like that, sometimes the best thing that can happen for you is to just get close enough to something and realize that you can, you can try. You can, yeah. You can try because this is, this is a place that you don't ever want to be in again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that's not an indictment on any of the people that were in there with me, whether they were other patients or caretakers, everybody was great, but it was just like, yeah, I gotta walk around in my socks and yeah. uh I can't I can't go into my room uh for half an hour until I after I've eaten because I yeah. have to just sit and be observed. Yeah. Um but, you know, we weren't allowed to have, uh, like, my parents could bring me clothes. You couldn't have any, like, band T-shirts or anything like that. But uh, they brought my trio sweatshirt mm-hmm. and got asked about the logo, what that was all about. And I was just like, oh, it's just a design. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I 
could decorate the walls in my room however I wanted. And one of the things that was up there was just these lyrics just yeah. on the wall. And it was, I think that the thing that I've always related to with this song um, is that, you know, there's there's lines about smoking cigarettes and drinking beers. Mm-hmm. But it's just about being happy. I mean, it's a song about depression. That's the song. You know? Um, one, I want to say thank you for sharing. And two, that I love you. And I don't want you to forget that. I love you too. But my story is no less fun. Uh, or no yeah. more fun, rather. This song meant a lot to me because I was growing up with, you know, my parents were separated. My dad was really abusive towards me. So, uh, you know, a lot of my early childhood was putting on a face and trying to pretend things were okay when they were not, yeah. uh, and feeling it deep inside. And similarly, so I was probably, you know, 10-ish, 11 years old, and was, v- like, I didn't like going to his house. I couldn't deal uh, with a lot of those things. And what was also, you know, uh, never made an attempt, but was contemplating suicide. Yeah. Um, and I was in an Alkaline Trio. Them and Hot Water Music were the two bands that were the only bands that I had found up to that point who were singing so clearly about suicide and about um, losing people to it that kind of put me off from it for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And I had this friend, Matt. Him and I were like kind of, me and my friends were all kind of getting into music together, but him and I, like we saw Alkaline Trio together, right? Like, a uh, big part of the reason I have Alkaline Trio and Hot Water Music tattoos is in part because I love those bands and they meant so much to me, but in part because when I was 12, Matt died and he committed suicide. And I there's a, I remember vividly um, going to my dad's house. He had custody on Wednesdays and Saturdays and every other weekend. And it was a Wednesday. And Matt was going to have his birthday party on Saturday. And I got home Wednesday from school, which was... My dad lived in the funeral home across the street from the school. Uh Matt had just transferred to a new school that year. And I got home and I was like, I want to call him. I just like wanted to talk to my friend on the phone. And my dad was like, no, call him when you get home, when I drop you off at your mom's. And I was like, I don't know. I just, I just like want to talk to him. He's like, oh, talk to him tonight. So I didn't call him. And after dinner at at my stepmom's house, uh, my dad and my stepmom sit me down and tell me that Matt died. Uh, mm. He committed suicide. And I just like fell on the floor crying. I was just a mess. Yeah. And the next year of my life, two years of my life, was learning how to cope with that. Mm-hmm. Um, learning how to cope with the fact that I felt so bad. I was nearing making a decision similar. And this, this cemented that I never would. Yeah. Because I saw the fallout and I saw what happened and I felt that. But unfortunately, I also didn't feel like I had control of anything in my life. Uh-huh. So the line in the song, missing a case, lacking a lid, spoke to me so deeply because over the next year I developed really bad OCD. Because I needed uh-huh. to control something somehow. So I had all these ticks. If I walked past the table, if I walked past something, I had to touch it with every finger. I had to like flip light switches, all all the real hallmarks, because I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. Yeah, I didn't feel like I had anyone who related to me aside from 
this band and then like the forever and counting record by hot water music of listening to them literally write songs about like finding their friend dead under a bridge, you know, like these were the things that like got me through it. And then having to learn how to break myself of my habits and the things I had built. Um, and the last line of this song has always meant so much to me because I remember my dad's reaction to breaking this news to me and watching me break down crying was not anything of sympathy. was not anything of empathy. He never told me he loved me. He never told me he was sorry. He never told me he cared. And that's all I ever wanted him to say. And he never did that. And uh, that's what this song means to me. Um, It's, you know, been a big part of my life. And when I hear it, it's hard for me to not go back to it. And I remember the first time I ever saw him play it, live i was just a mess i was just all tears yeah. and just screaming along oddly enough they played the entirety of the ep at the show so uh-huh. there was like good feelings too uh but <laughs> but yeah to me it's like i think looking at it objectively i think it's a great song but subjectively and what it means to me there's there's not it's one of those songs that comes to you so rarely in a life yeah. and i'm lucky to have had it yeah i you know, thank you for sharing that too. Um, I love you, and I love you too. But I, I love that. You know, this was, this was a song that connected. You know, me and all my friends during times when it just we were all going through so much, mm-hmm. um, and like being truly happy kind of just became like our our own way of of stating yeah things and like i think just having it expressed in that in that way it it just sounds so simple but like you know within all these metaphors and images and stuff like that to just have it just so plainly there was just something that like we all kind of just latched on to and i think Mm -hmm. that um, th- that's a really powerful thing when you're able to just say it plainly. Yeah. And, um, just to tie things up to what I referred to last week, but the day that I got out of the hospital, I got into the car, um, and the radio was on and it was, it was, uh, the announcement that Joe Strummer had, had passed away. Fuck. So, it was that's something that i i always remember and i always remember um you know that day when it comes and what it what it was for me that day and um you know the <sighs> here are two different people who have helped save us and so many like us mm-hmm. um and I think that for me, like, I, I don't know if I could handle seeing them play this song at this point in my life, honestly. And like yeah. listening to it, um, you know, to go back to like the actual song itself, it's like, I, I just always, I think the moment that it just became, it, it just went into a different level for me was the extended second chorus without yeah. the punches mm-hmm. and just that 
that guitar just sounds so huge. Mm-hmm. And then it drops off into the best verse that they've ever written. Oh. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to say it again and again, over yep. again. And it's my favorite instrumental too. And it's easily, it's, and it's, it's such expressive guitar playing from him because he's, he's entering that octave phase but it's also, to me, it always felt like a holdover of those early tracks where they have those long instrumentals mm-hmm. that don't have any real direction. They just kind of go, and they go at their own pace. And there is a vigor to the way that he's playing his guitar on that that it's honestly, it's like that's my favorite moment of this band It's just like that guitar because it's it's desperate. Mm-hmm. It's it's it plays as if it needs to be heard i mean he's putting he's putting himself out on the mat with this song to use a mm-hmm. metaphor that's also his name yeah. um and everything you said i mean i 100% agree with like there is as much pain and like personal experiences wrapped up in this i feel so much catharsis listening to it now yeah where it's like when it hits me i'm not thinking about all the negativity that i carried for so long I'm thinking about how this got me out of it and I'm fucking feeling it. Yeah. If I'm being real, like mm-hmm. that bridge into that last chorus and the way it's one of my favorite things that like you can't do in a lot of songs uh, because it would be really corny and you really have to pick your moment. And this song along with my favorite hot water music song, both end where the music drops out and there's just vocals carrying it to the very end. Yeah. And the, the decisions he makes, the words he uses, and the fact that he was so willing to put this out there. You know, he's he had up to this point definitely written songs that were like, you know, dealing with shit, right? But this mm-hmm. is the one that like, I don't know if I've ever heard him say what it's about. I don't know if I've ever, you know, not that he like goes and talks about what all these songs are about that often, but like he'll drop subtle little clues. And I have no clue what inspired this. I have no clue what, you know, drove him to do it and and make this, but I am so thankful that it's there. And whenever I make fun of this band, whenever I like make jokes or don't like a song, this is why I, this is what I hold everything to, you know? And obviously like that's an unfair metric, but like I know this is how good it can be. And when they're even coming close to it, it it's still a fucking revelation to me. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely like, you know, I identify. I think with that that feeling of just like it's it's almost like you know the instrumental is like just all the fucking turmoil that you're feeling. Yeah, and it's it's. It gets to the part where it's like he's sort of like jumping up and then and like bringing it back down. And then, you know, that little pause in the quiet part, like back into the chorus. It's just like, yeah, it's that that feeling that I think only really only a few songs for me like venture into of just that territory of feeling like you can fucking do anything, you know, and you like everything everything you feel like you can't achieve internally it's possible yeah i feel like in so many ways like 
I've lived this song. Yeah. And I've lived with it. And, you know, I can't. It sounds cliche when people talk about, like, what music did to save and or change your life. But, like, I, if, I, if this fucking, if that set of lyrics, like, wasn't there for me to look at for five fucking nights, just being in a place that I mm-hmm. I knew, like, I couldn't, I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. Knew that could be better. Yeah. And then, you know, you get out and it it sucks sometimes, but it's there and and to have have things like this to that can remind you of everything that's terrible and then everything that's beautiful at the same time. It's fucking precious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I agree completely. And the the last thing the last story I want to tell about this song is about uh Matt himself because I met him, I've met him a couple of times, but the first time I met him was not in a professional capacity. It was just as a fan. And it was 2008 or nine, somewhere around there. And I met him for a show and I just tried to thank him, you know? Yeah. And I tried to explain a little bit of what I said earlier and I, I just broke down and cried like in front of him. Yeah. And he hugged me and he said, you just made my day. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. And at the show, it was at the Metro. I was up on the railing in front of Dan. And throughout the show, Matt like kind of kept coming over to that side of the stage and like making eye contact and stuff. At the very end of the set, they come back and they finish the encore. The last song's all on black. Uh-huh. And he walks, like he gives his guitar. He's about to go off. And then he like comes back across the stage and he kneels down in front of me and extends his hand and like gives me his guitar pick and just mouths thank you. Wow. And uh like I hung out with a couple of friends after the show. He came out and he saw me and he was like, Are you coming tomorrow? And I was like, No, I don't have tickets. He's like, All right, I'll put you on the list. <laughs> and how old are you? I was maybe 18. Fucking man. That's and the goddamn best. It was incredible. Yeah. Like I literally, I, he like brought me out the set list signed by him and Dan and Derek. I still have it. It's in my goddamn it record. Uh-huh. Uh, and the next night I like Dan gave me one of his picks too. It was like uh-huh. a very weird, like summation moment of like, as much as I may stray from this band, as much as I may make fun of them, as much as I, uh may you know occasionally shit on them and be hard and critical partially because that is the path i've chosen as Uh a career uh i always want people to know that like i genuinely like love those dudes and the fact that they like extended that kindness to me uh for no reason yeah um i'll never forget that so thanks to them (sighs) yeah I, I, you never told me that story, and I've not told many people that story. I that's incredible, you know. It's I feel so fucking good about this bullshit world that we live in. Right <laughs> I now. know, right? Uh, yeah, and as much as I will clown on Matt, I love that dude, and I uh, appreciate him to no end, and I am thankful for this band. Every single day, 
So I yeah. just, you know, I rarely get into this love fest part of it, but I feel like it was an appropriate time, you know? Yeah. And it's why it, totally. it's why it makes me happy. Like I friend encouraged me to join like an Alkaline Trio fans group on Facebook, which is nice because I get to see people having that experience even now and even yeah. today. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's, it's cool to know that's there. And, uh, I may have had some professional interactions with Matt that didn't go as swimmingly. Uh-huh. Uh, partially, that's my own fault. Well, you're I, you're a goddamn critic. Yeah, nobody likes those, and I don't even like those. But uh-huh. uh, I can't be critical of Bleeder. It's a perfect song. It's meant the world to me. It still does, and I'm so thankful to have it. Yeah, and you know, it's like it's funny, Jay. Uh, mentioned i i was like there's a new there's a new song and david and i are gonna talk about it for the patreon uh-huh. and she's like he really picked a hell of a time to to do this thing and it's like I, totally unexpected but i feel like one of the great things that's been happening over the past few weeks of doing this show is seeing people are just so genuinely excited yeah. about being able to see this band and to see this band in a light that's a little bit different than the last few years of, mm-hmm. of how they've been touring and presenting. Totally. The just love and appreciation that never goes away is palpable, and it's been, it's been kind of a a gift I think of, of doing this is not only to get to spend this time with you, um, but to just like sort of feel a lot of excitement coming from a lot of people in just the fact that I'm paying a lot more attention to the alkaline trio now and seeing the fact that they're like touring and the shows are going well and the people are fucking stoked about it and they're not dogging on it. Totally. Makes me fucking happy. Yeah. And I'm going to, been like holding on to this nugget for a minute but i might as well drop it but you know given my perks of the job um i've heard this record in full i've heard it since it was announced and uh people have a reason to be excited and it's cool to like get to see people slowly hear these songs where i'm like i you know it's i don't want to give too much away but uh you know it's cool to see that happen and see people experience where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see them hear this song. You yeah. Know? That's a cool feeling. And it's cool for me to feel that way again after famously we've addressed, there's been about a decade of not feeling that as much. And I have uh, remained true to the form over here. I have the record too. I've only listened to the tracks as they've come out because... Tim's a good boy. And I, I am not. And I do the thing that... I said I would be doing at the beginning before the possibility of doing something differently came about. David, what would you rank this song? Yeah, like a three. Yeah, right. No, I. It's five out of five. Who are we fucking? This is you six, knew what I was gonna give. Six point five out of five for me. I as much as I can give it, and then some. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Go on over to Asian Man throw the fucking self-titled in a cart put as you were in the code and get 10 percent off of it patreon patreon.com slash as you were this was kind of a poll winner 
Yeah, I mean, as close as... Tied first. You know, can't win them all. But um, we got some cool stuff going on over there. Some bonus content and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, Twitter, at AsYouWerePod. Email, AsYouWerePodcast.gmail.com. He's at DBAnthony. I'm at BetterYetPod. This is... This is a hell of an episode. Probably my favorite one so far. Yeah. I, uh, whew. Anyway, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to the Patreon people. Thanks to Mike Park. Thanks to you. Thanks to Alkaline Trio. That's all I got. Thanks, Bubbas. You never did. For what you.